I'm going to try and keep this episode a bit shorter today. We had an afternoon off from lectures, so I don't quite have as much to say. But more importantly, it's taking me longer to record and edit these episodes as they increase in duration, so I'd prefer to optimise for short, frequent updates over longer ones that risk not being released. Besides, I can always just add some filler music. <laughs> This morning, I shared breakfast with Martin, who was the first person I met at this conference, and Katie, a postdoctoral researcher. Katie is from America and researches in Germany. She's working on some challenging graph theory problems and is thinking of applying machine learning techniques to her domain. She's using this conference as an opportunity to survey the available methods so she can better understand which to use for the problems she's trying to solve. I'm somewhat of a graph theory enthusiast, so I asked Katie some more detailed questions about her research. I quickly realised I was way out of my depth and didn't understand very much, but I'm glad to have asked the question. I think the gist of it was she's trying to take a directed graph and come up with some kind of generalisation to an undirected graph so that techniques that work on those can be applied. She explained there are heuristics people sometimes use, but these don't work well in general. The morning's lecture was on automata learning, I was very pleased to see familiar things I understood relatively well. The basic idea of automata learning is to extend deterministic finite automata, or finite state machines, with weights on the transitions between states. So, for example, following one edge might halve the current value of the automaton, and following a different edge might double it. You keep following edges until your input string is consumed. This means you can think of the automaton as computing a real number value. They're essentially functions that map input strings to numbers. You can then use one of these automata in a machine learning context and try to construct one that behaves in some desirable way. In particular, these kinds of models are especially good at learning about problems with sequential data. So if there's some notion of discrete time steps in the domain you're trying to learn about, automata learning might be the way to go. That prompts the question, how do you actually train them? This is where things started to get extremely challenging for me. What followed was a considerable amount of mathematics, including, but not limited to, Hankel matrices, the Fleiss-Kronecker theorem, the Moore-Penrose pseudo-inverse, single-value decomposition, and spoonfuls of probability theory. It's all a bit of a blur now, but at the time I could just about follow the logical steps, even if I didn't understand the specifics of the techniques being used. Saying that, some of these I had used before. For example, the pseudo-inverse function I've used in a black box manner for other learning algorithms. I think this highlights a key difference in the mindset of someone studying this material as part of, say, a PhD thesis, as opposed to someone like me who wants to make practical use of these ideas, without having to necessarily learn every technical detail. I've been thinking a lot about the initial questions I had when I signed up for this conference. I'm clearly someone who enjoys education, and I want to keep learning things, but do I feel that to the degree that I choose to do this full-time? I spoke more about this in the first episode in this series, if you haven't listened to that one yet. Returning to the lecture, the next topic was about complexity measures for automata learning, which was an application of the ideas we learned on the first day of the conference. It was actually quite rewarding to see these general techniques applied to this specific instance of machine learning, and it reinforced my understanding of the ideas from that day. 
While I've been here, my icebreaker question has typically been, how are you finding the lectures? And for a lot of people, the first day has been the most challenging, with its Radomacher complexity and statistical learning theory. Now it's beginning to make sense why the organisers decided to schedule those lectures first, because the ideas they introduced are being used throughout the week. The lecture continued, and we looked at weighted tree automata, which are more powerful than the finite state machine versions. These are analogous to the tree representations of context-free grammars, except the notion of a weight is added to branches of the tree. I wondered whether there's an equivalent pushdown machine model of the same ideas, as context-free grammars can equivalently be described in terms of these machines. I didn't ask the question of the lecturer, though. Perhaps I should have. After the lecture, we had a free afternoon. If you remember back a day or two, I had dinner with some people from a research group from Madrid. They invited me to join them on a free walking tour of Oxford. Their names are Jesus, Miguel, Alicia and Pablo. Every day this week, it's been beautiful and sunny, and today was no exception. Our charismatic tour guide took us round the famous colleges and embellished their histories with stories of bar fights and the ridiculous antics of incredibly wealthy students. If you're visiting Oxford, I'd recommend a tour. At dinner this evening, I sat with some people I hadn't spoken with yet. James uses theorem provers and works on problems in first-order logic. I have some knowledge of this area, as I take a keen interest in the Boolean satisfiability problem and satisfiable modulo theories and their related solvers. We spoke a bit about how the lectures so far apply to this field, and James is keen to explore whether reinforcement learning can be used in conjunction with existing solvers as a kind of heuristic to guide their execution. We also talked a bit about cryogenics, which makes for excellent dinnertime conversation. After dinner, I joined my friends from Madrid again, we visited a couple of local pubs, and I introduced them to a favourite beer of mine called Camden Inc. We caught the last few minutes of the England-Columbia game, after which the people in the centre of Oxford went a little crazy. People were running around in the streets with their shirts off. On this occasion, I decided not to join them. Before I wrap up, I'd quickly like to thank my friend Tom Stewart for sending a pull request to add an RSS feed for this podcast. Tom is an excellent public speaker and the author of Understanding Computation. You should check out his work. I also cobbled together a web page for the podcast in a few spare minutes earlier today, and I've submitted the podcast to iTunes for indexing. This means you can now listen to new episodes as soon as they're available by subscribing in your podcast app. I haven't seen it appear yet in Overcast, which is my preferred client. Hopefully it'll be there soon. One last thing to mention, the organisers of Flock have also been interested in my podcast, and there's some talk of it being featured on the website. I'm very excited about this. Until next time, thanks for listening.